Stand up on your feet, why don't you? And let's pray this evening and get ready to get into the Word. You know, uh, you're not limited to me and to what I know tonight. The Holy Spirit's here. Believe Him to speak to your heart. Amen. Give you something really good. It is His will. Father God, we come before you in faith this evening, acknowledging your holy presence, acknowledging the great teacher whom you've sent to indwell us and to be our guide and helper. Grant us, Lord, manifestations of the Spirit according to your will. Grant us, everyone, eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts open and receptive. Grant us truth impartations, grace impartations and deposits, revelation that sets us free. And we'll not be hearers only, but doers. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. And if you would turn, please, to 1 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. 1 Corinthians 6, and if you didn't bring a Bible with you this evening, if you hold up your hand, the ushers would be glad to uh, let you use one of ours. Scriptures just register on you better when you take the time to find them, let your eyes rest on them. That's why we read our chapter every day. Amen. And we let our eyes rest on the page and we read it aloud. So it's in our mouth and it's in our ears and it gets in our heart. Amen. How many know it's good for the word of God to be sounding in your house? You to be reading the Bible out loud. It's good for your walls to hear it. It's good for your cat and dog to hear it. Certainly good for your kids to hear it. Amen. It is. It's good for your automobile to hear the word of God. Yeah. I mean, every piece of steel in there was made by God. Do you know that? And all things were upheld by the word of his power and is sustained by the living word of God. 1 Corinthians 6. Are you there? We've been teaching... Preaching, talking, ministering about how to reach your physical goals or reaching your physical goals for some weeks now. And uh, I believe we're, we're winding it up. I, I'm, I don't know if tonight will be the last night, but I have in my spirit that we're, we're finishing this up. So pray with us about the next things. I've already got a couple of things in my heart turning, but if you think about it, you say, Lord, you know, direct Brother Keith, give him the plan for the church. Amen. Because what we teach affects you. Amen. Right? And I don't want to be just pretty close on what we ought to do. I want to be exactly, Amen. exactly on it. Amen. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the Bible's all good. And every subject you talk about is good. But there's a right thing for right now. Right? And the Lord knows that. And for every church. And for every season, there's a specific thing that is the best for then. It's exactly what the Lord desires to say to us and show us right now. Are you hungry for that? Do you want that? Amen. I believe I already have some direction, but believe with us. Think about it. Pray. Pray in the Spirit. Because, you know, how do you pray about the future? You don't know. There's so much you don't know. But pray in the Spirit. Say, Lord, just help me to pray about that. And then just take off. Praying in other tongues. 
So, well, I don't pray in tongues. Catch some of these folk around and say, pray for me. <laughs> They'll get you tuned up. Amen. And it is for everybody. Now, in uh, 1 Corinthians 6, let's read our text and continue on. 1 Corinthians 6 and verse 9. He said, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Now what are all all these folks doing these things, what do they have in common? Not controlling the flesh. Right? Not controlling the flesh. And that's what we've been talking about in this series. The bottom line is controlling this flesh, controlling this body. He said, verse 11, and such were, I like that word, don't you? Were some of you. But you are washed. Now let's just stop right there. Somebody said, well, you know, I'm just an old adulterer saved. No, were, were an adulterer, now you washed. Well, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, no, were, were, now you are made the righteousness of God in Christ. No, Brother Keith, I still am a sinner. You need to read your Bible again. No, this thing about I am a sinner, I can't make it through a day without sinning in all kind of ways, that is a lie. Did you hear me? If you were a sinner and you could not help from sinning, then you shouldn't be required to repent because it's not your fault. But you are required to repent. Why? Because you didn't have to sin. You could have done something different. No, we're not old sinners saved by grace. We were And we've been made new creatures in Christ Jesus. Amen. We were ungodliness. But now we've been made righteous. Didn't earn it. Didn't merit it. Didn't work up to it. We're just made that way. By faith in the Lord Jesus. By the regenerating work of his spirit. If that sounds strange to you. Don't throw it out now. Don't take my word for it. Get in the book. (laughs) Amen. Get in the book. I said, yeah, but brother so-and-so said, I don't care what brother so-and-so said. You don't live by what brother so-and-so said. You live by it is written. I had a lady come to me one time all upset. She said, but yeah, but now, Brother Keith, you know, it's just like the old song says. I said, what? She said, you know, the old song. It's just like that. I said, dear, that's an old song. This is the word. But see, people base their lives on all kind of things except the Word. No, where is it at? In the Bible. If you can't find it in there, don't believe it, don't live by it. Now, uh, he goes on to say, all things are lawful. Excuse me, I I didn't finish reading verse 11. Such were some of you, but you are washed. But you are sanctified. But you are justified. In the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. 
Did you see that list up there? Can God take an old thief and a covetous drunkard and wash him, sanctify him, justify him, so that he is justified now? Well, then he's no longer an old drunk. He's no longer an old adulterer. He is sanctified, justified. Oh, glory to God. This will change your life you get a hold of this. Amen? No. Somebody said, well, I'm, I'm just a no. No. Have you been saved? Well, yeah. Well, then you were. You were that, but now you are this. Said out loud, I am washed. I am sanctified. I am justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of my God. There's any reason why you shouldn't believe that. I read that right out of the Bible. Right? So believe that now. Not, not people's theories and, and ideas and experiences. Believe this. He said, all things are lawful to me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. Doesn't this sound again like controlling your body? I mean, there's a lot of things might not in and of itself be a sin. I mean, it's not a sin to drink a cup of coffee. But I refuse to be a slave to coffee. Coffee doesn't tell me when I have to drink it. Right? I tell it. And if you get to feeling like something has a little power over you, lay it down. At least for a season. Demonstrate. You know, people, you know, they kid themselves. Oh, I can quit this anytime I want to. Show us. Quit talking and show us. Just skip it for a week. Seven days. I mean, that shouldn't be that big of a deal. (laughs) Right? Seven days. Then you'll find out. You may find out that you wake up the next morning and your flesh is a-screaming. I want it. I want it. I want mine now. Well, that lets you know something, right? This thing had some power in you and over you. And you got to get it under control. Whatever it is. Maybe it's Cokes. Maybe it's sugar. Maybe it's pie. Maybe it's potatoes. I don't know. Maybe it's sleep. can be any number of things. Maybe it's the TV. I can turn this thing off anytime. Well, do it. No TV for two weeks. Show us. Well, I got my favorite shows, you know, that come on. Yeah, I know. Here, just talk. He said, I will not be brought under the power of any. Why don't you say that too? I will not be brought under the power of any. Meats for the belly and the belly for meats. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. You know, people try to say, you know, well, you know, God gave us all these desires, and, and you know, that means it's okay, because I have these desires. If, if we desire to have relations, and we desire to have an affair, or if, if a man desires a man, or a woman desires a, a woman, or, you know, where does that stop? If a man desires a child, I mean, where, where does it stop? Our desires don't define us. Our desires don't tell us what we are. We are in Christ Jesus. We find out who and what we are in Him. And even good desires must be controlled. Maybe it is a natural desire. 
But you must control it. We'll read in just a moment. If you don't, it can cost you everything. He said, and God has both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two saith he shall be one flesh. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. That's strong, isn't it? Run from it. Was fornication a problem in the church at Corinth? Yes, it was. It was a big deal. Is fornication a problem nowadays? Yeah, people don't want to talk about it, but it's a huge problem. What is fornication? Sex between people that are not married. It's a big problem. Some say, well, we're just teenagers and it's just normal and natural. No, you're, you've been conformed to the unsaved world. No, and you've lowered your standard and you don't know the value of your body. The Bible says we are to possess our vessels, our bodies in sanctification and honor. You say, you think you're too good to sleep with me? Well, if you're not the one that's supposed to be my husband and we're, or our wife, you know, and we're not married, then uh, uh, yeah. And they said, well, you know, well, Brother Keith, we're going to be married. That's exactly the same as not being married. <laughs> how many people, you know, I don't know, nobody in here raise any hands now, but, but how many people during their dating years, they were going to be married. And so they went too far and had all these relations and never were married. What does that mean? then that means they were involved with somebody else's future husband or wife. It's wrong. It's, it's not right. And it hurts people. And a lot of times, years into their marriage, they're still trying to get over it. Because they, they've, they've damaged themselves in different ways. Now, the Lord can heal you and straighten it up. And no matter what you did, He can and will forgive you. But it's just better not to have to deal with any of these things. Amen. Young people, keep yourselves. Amen? And I know that, you know, the boys tease you and say, oh, you're a virgin. Ha, ha, ha. You know, so-and-so can't get a girl, you know. And, and they, you know, they try to compare manhood is all your exploits and how many partners you've had. And they think that means you're a man. No, it means you're weak. It means you can't control yourself. And it means you're so insecure that you have to try to demonstrate to somebody else that you're a man by telling them about your conquests. No, be secure. Secure in the Lord. Amen. Amen. Anybody could have desires, but you can control them. I said you can control them and be strong. Amen. And And the right person. In marriage, when you and they stand up in front of God, in front of your church, in front of your families, and commit to each other, enter into covenant, secure the well-being of your future children and grandchildren. Did you hear me? If people are unwilling to stand up in front of men to demonstrate their commitment, I question that it's there. Did you hear me? Someone said, well, we're married in the eyes of the Lord. We just won't go through the ritual. Says who? If you're not willing to stand up in front of the Lord and man 
and express your commitment and enter into covenant, I question whether the commitment is there. And if it's not there, the sex should not be there. Did you hear me? People talk about, you know, well, the uh, abortion and the huge problem that it is. And, and abortion is all about deception and confusion. People say, talk about women's rights. Well, a woman has a right to her body. That's not her body. That fetus is not her body. Did you hear me? Any more than all you ladies, your body is your mother's body. And who, who was so brilliant as to decide when that fetus is a person? Well, a few weeks this way, it's a person. A few weeks this way, it's not a person. Who has the right to say that? Who, who chose that? Who picked that? But the reason the problem exists and is an epidemic is because of sex that is occurring that shouldn't be. Right? That's the real problem. And that's another subject, but yet and still it's not. It's about controlling your flesh. Right? Controlling your flesh. Being a strong person. And believing that God can fulfill you. Let's say you're a person who's single. And you say, well, Brother Keith, I I have desires. I understand that. Don't do things that stir up your desires. Don't read things and don't watch things that stir up your desires. You just make it harder on yourself. But have faith that God will give you the right partner at the right time. Amen. And you can be completely fulfilled. Satisfied. Someone said, I am married and I'm not satisfied. Well, have faith that you can be. That God can change you or he can change your partner. He can heal you or your partner. Have faith that he can give you full satisfaction within the marriage. That what the Bible say, what God has joined together. Don't let man, that includes you or her, husband or wife, divide or separate asunder. Have faith. I've seen marriages that were so terrible. I mean, they were literally hell on earth. Awful, awful. But people who wouldn't quit... And who just believed God and said, you know, you know, maybe they didn't say it, but they said to somebody else, I don't even like them anymore. I don't even want to be around them. One person said, they make me sick. I'm talking about people that were at that place. But they stuck it out. And they believed God. And they said, Lord, we're married. We've entered into a covenant here before you, between each other and our families. I'm believing that you can make this right. And over a period of time... They became so strong and enjoyed each other so much that you'd have never believed that they were just at each other's throat and couldn't stand each other a few months or years before. How many believe miracles can happen? God can do it if you'll give him time and if you won't quit him. He can do it. Said out loud, all things are possible possible. to him or her that believes and I can do. All things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, then don't say I can't take it anymore. Don't say I can't put up with this anymore. Because you can. Especially when it gets better. Amen. How, how come me on this? 
Do you remember? Go to Exodus. Hold your place here. I'm not through. But go to Exodus, please. In the Old Testament. Glory to God. Exodus. And chapter 15. You know, there are different kind of ministry. There's the teacher's ministry. Teacher lays foundation. Builds line upon line. There's the evangelist ministry. There's the prophet's ministry. I've had more experience with that than probably any other ministry serving Brother Hagin. A lot of times he'd preach what he called a splatter barrel. He said, well, I did it again. There's another splatter barrel. And what it was, it might seem irregular to some people because it was touching over here and then it was touching over there. But what it was was prophetic. It was dealing with specific things. In people's lives, and then the Holy Ghost led to deal with this, and then deal with this. So there's different kind of ministry. And so don't think, well, he's off his message. Uh, not if the Holy Ghost says, this is the message. You know, I said that until he corrected me when I was in, in ministry to begin with. I'd get going, had all my notes and stuff, and then I'd say, well, this is not my message. But, and I'd spend 30 minutes on that. And I'd say, well, this is not my message. Finally, one day the Lord said, if I say that's your message, that's your message. I said, obviously, that's right. Yes, sir. So uh, we don't want to get locked in. We talked about you got to be open. That's the key to being led by the Spirit. In Exodus, the 15th chapter, the people of God had just seen the miraculous splitting of the Red Sea and how Pharaoh and all the host of the Egyptians were drowned when the sea came back together. They shouted. They had the victory. Uh, Miriam played the tambourine. Man, they had a high heel time shouting. And then they went three days. Verse 22. Everybody say three days. Three days days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Marah, they couldn't drink the waters of Marah for they were bitter. So the name of it was called Marah, which means bitter, bitterness. And the people murmured against Moses and they said, what should we drink? I mean, how quickly things can change. They're shouting on the banks of the Red Sea, playing the tambourine, dancing, man, they got the victory. Went three days, couldn't find water, and lost the victory. (laughs) And how they're grumbling and complaining. And they found this water hole, and it was bitter. Couldn't drink it. Probably poisonous. And the Bible said that Moses... He cried to the Lord, verse 25, and the Lord showed him a tree, which when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Can God change the bitter into sweet? Can he do it? Oh, yes, he can. And he made for them a statute and an ordinance, and there he proved them. He said, if you'll diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord your God, and will do that which is right in his sight, and will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I'll put none of these diseases on you which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that heals you. He healed a water hole. Would he heal a human body? How many can raise your hand and say, I know he heals, he's healed me. Look at this. Hands all over. Can he heal a marriage? Can he heal a a broken relationship between a brother and a sister? Between a, a father and daughter? Or mother and son? Can he heal? 
what's been broken and breached, can he take what was bitter and make it sweet? Is he that great? Can he do that? Yes, he can. Yes, he can. Now, one reason I want you to read this is because I'm sure that these folk thought this water hole is no good. What we need is a new water hole. <laughs> y'all are so quick and sharp. Some of you already, you're, you know where I'm going. Help me out. Yeah. I said I'm sure that they were convinced this is a bad water hole. Can't drink the water. Bitter. What we need is a new, oh yeah, new location, new situation, new water hole. That's what we need. Because this one, this one, forget it. Did they need a new water hole? That wasn't everybody. I said, did they need a new water hole? No. Were they at the right place? Yeah. Was God able to fulfill them and satisfy them in this place without them going to a new water hole? Yes. How did he do it? Supernaturally. I said supernaturally. What man could not do, God did and turned the bitter. I mean, I mean, it's like drinking persimmon water. You take your big gulp of that. I mean, you'd spit it out. But then when God got through with it, it was so sweet. You think, man, give me some more of that. Oh, whoo, that's wonderful. Sweet, sweet. See, so many times the enemy comes and tries to convince people, yeah, that you, your situation's bad. I mean, what you got to do, you got to get out of this. You need a new church. People don't respect you. They're not acknowledging your gift. They don't give you place. So-and-so didn't even shake your hand the other day. They don't like you. You need a new church. That's what you need. You need a new job. This job is lousy. I mean, nobody respects you and nobody will help you. And and it's just a bad situation. It's in a bitter water hole. What you need is a new husband. This one you got is a dud. (laughs) He's lazy. He's a slob. He's not a gentleman. He's got a romantic bone in his body. He's done let his, you know, self get overweight and got a big pot belly. You need you a new man. That's what you need, a new man. Treat you the way you deserve to be treated. Friend, that is the D-E-V-I-L. That's the devil talking to you. Did you hear me? You deserve better. You need a woman that will respect you. A woman that realizes what kind of man you are. A woman that will support you. Stick with you. You need a new woman. This woman ain't got a clue. She don't appreciate you. Friend, watch it. Why? You, you do, every time these thoughts start coming, they don't appreciate you. They're not treating you right. They're not doing for you what they should be doing. That is all from the enemy to pull on your soul it all is self-centered. I should have this, and, and I don't have this, and I deserve this, and 
I deserve better. That is the path to destruction. Did you hear me? Many a man and woman have listened to such things and followed it. And when left their family, left their spouse, left their job, left their place spiritually, left their church, and went out into the world to find what they deserve, to wake up on the bottom, lonely, nobody at all to care about them and help them. Now listen, friend, the things that have happened in your life, the associations, the connections, the friends, that's not all by accident. God has given you these people. Did you hear me? The problem is not valuing what God has given us. Judging it after the flesh. I deserve better. Said who? (laughs) What do you think you are? Examine yourself. What have they got in you? Well, they don't do it. They don't make me feel warm and fuzzy no more. Well, I guarantee you, if you're feeling like that, you're not giving them the warm and fuzzies either. (laughs) If all you're doing is sitting around thinking about what they ought to be doing for you and whining and complaining, I guarantee you, they're not rejoicing over your presence. You tell me. No. What I need, I need a new marriage. Well, where does it stop? I guarantee you, you go find you a new one that'll have you. Well, it won't be too long. The new's going to wear off and they're not going to be new anymore. And we're going to get back down to controlling the flesh and walking by faith. What you going to do? Dump them, get another one? People do. People do. They trade in spouses like they do cars. And are miserable. Did you hear me? Empty? No. 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 Stay with what God's given you. Appreciate it. Maybe it's not everything it ought to be. That's not God's fault. That's because people yield to the flesh. But get in a good place. Hook. Get fed. Grow. I mean, you can grow so much and, and they can grow so much that you wind up with two different people. Different people than what you used to be. You can change so much spiritually and mentally and physically that you got a different person than what you started out with. A much improved one. A much better. And they got a much better and improved person than you. Amen. If we're growing like we ought to be, we wake up with a new person every day. (laughs) What do you mean? New growth. New and exciting developments. That's the way it's supposed to be. And I don't know why I'm spending so much time on this, but I believe it's appropriate. We need a new water hose. No, you don't. No, you don't. You got a God who can make the bitter sweet. 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 Say it out loud. I serve a God who is so big, so powerful, so good. So faithful, he can and he will make the bitter sweet. Sweet. Hallelujah. Just give him time. Don't leave him. Believe him. Trust him. See what he'll do for you. Go back with me to 1 Corinthians 6. 
That's all free. That was not in my notes. Get four sermons for the price of one. What a deal. Go back to 1 Corinthians. Of course, the first sermon was free to start with. 1 Corinthians 6 and 19. What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. I'm not through. The Bible says in... uh, Corinthians, that people who compare are not wise. And um, so many people are dissatisfied because of so much comparison. They're always comparing their spouse to somebody else. And they watch stuff they shouldn't watch. And comparing their spouse to that. And comparing their spouse to this. I had a couple sit across my desk one time. And uh, just crying and just upset. And the lady was particularly perturbed. And she said her husband wasn't like so and so. Well, that's already going down the wrong path. I said, who? Come to find out it was this guy in a movie. That was so romantic and so wonderful with this woman. In the movie. And she went on and on. That he you know. Why can't he be like that? And I said. This guy is not like that. He's acting. That's why they call them actors. Because they act. He's pretending. And in all likelihood. Well forget likelihood. These guys, their personal lives, most of them are a disaster. Right? I mean, they can't stay with somebody till the new magazine comes out. <laughs> you know it's true. They don't even know who they are. It's sad that our culture has made such idols out of entertainers and actors. Particularly actors I'm trying to say. Actors. Actors are pretenders. That's not to be compared. With the honor you give a man. Who goes to fight for his country. Or a man who's a good daddy. And serves his community. And You understand what I'm saying? But see, people got it all twisted around. They're sitting there with a good man or a good woman and look up at somebody that is unstable as can be. They never met them. They don't have a clue who or what they are and think, why can't you be like them? You almost wish they could spend a week with them and get a real revelation. Because, oh, they act wonderfully. But then when the director goes, cut. They throw it down and go back to their trailer and pout. Already been through 30 relationships. Nobody's been able to live with them. Forget comparing. 
Someone says, well, I, I want our marriage to be like so-and-so's. You don't know what so-and-so's marriage is like. Well, yeah, I see them. They come in, they're holding hands. You don't know what their marriage is like. Well, they seem so happy. You don't have a clue what their marriage is like. A lot of folks put on a good show in public. But man, when the door closes, the fur flies. (laughs) And so do the dishes. (laughs) You don't know. You don't know. I know in my spiritual immaturity, I think everybody does this to some degree. In my spiritual immaturity, a number of years ago, I saw certain people in certain situations. I thought, I want to be like them. I want to, why can't I have what? I want to be like them. And thank God, grew, grew some. Grew enough, I found out I was in better shape than they were. Didn't have enough sense to know it. But forget all that. You're not supposed to be comparing yourself with people, period. Right? It's you and, and your loved ones and your family before the Lord. Everybody say no comparison. Stop comparing. It's foolishness. It's deception. You do understand. You don't know what other people's hearts are. People you never even met. Even some you think you know. You don't know what they're really like at home. And what goes on behind closed doors. And it's not your business. Be thankful for what you have. I said, be thankful for what you have, what God has given you. We are so blessed in this church, my friend. We are so blessed. Exalt in what you have. Give God the glory for what you have. Thank God for your man. Ladies, men, thank God for your wives. You got a good woman. Thank you for those two amens. I got a wonderful wife. Didn't always have enough sense to know that. Back in the early days of our marriage, I didn't value her like I should. She didn't value me like she should. That's part of growing up spiritually, though. I said, that's part of growing up. Quit being so ignorant. Quit being so selfish. Quit being so self-centered. And begin to, you know, it's sad. It's sad. I see people stand by caskets and cry their eyes out. They didn't realize what they had till they're gone. That's foolish. Let's not be that ignorant. I said, let's not be that ignorant. Let's value. You know, my my grandmother is in heaven now. Lena Pearl Moore. You know, we have good double names down in the south. Billie Jean and. You know. And uh, Miss Lena Pearl, one of her favorite sayings is, give them the roses while they live. You know, people pile them up at the funeral, and that's nice and good. But, you know, the family can enjoy them, but they're not even there. Give them the roses while they live. Did you get that? Let's, let's value each other. Let's love each other. Go ahead, you know, don't, don't put it off. I've, I've had uh, people, you know, I'm thinking of a couple back, oh, it's been about 15 years ago. They sat down and one of them was deathly ill and was struggling and didn't, you know, didn't know about faith and, 
And I was trying to help him. And the guy looked at me. And it was his wife. And he, he was just crying. He said, uh, he said, we always said, you know, we were going to take this trip. And, and we were going to go do this. And we were going to go on a cruise. And, and I was going to buy her this piece of jewelry. And, and we were going to do that. And, and he looked at me. He said, we waited too late. He said, uh, now we, we don't have the energy and we don't feel like it. And we don't want to. And it's taking everything we can do to try to deal with this situation. That's sad. I said, that's sad. Now, now, there's more to existence than just what happens in this life. I mean, if you didn't get to do something with somebody and they're already gone to heaven, well, don't just get depressed over it. It's not the end. We're going to see them again. We're going to do some, some stuff, some wonderful stuff Amen. over there. But what I'm saying is, down here, we can enjoy some things too. Don't procrastinate indefinitely. Don't just keep putting stuff off because you think, you'll always have them. No, you won't. We'll always do this. No, no, this is very, very brief. The Bible said it's like a vapor. It's here and it's gone. So while we got each other, let's appreciate each other. Let's value each other. Let's... Go ahead and buy them that new car now. Yeah. Go ahead and do it big. Take that big trip. Amen. Don't holler and squawk about spending every dollar and dime. I mean, be liberal. Be generous. Amen. Open up. Be free. I didn't say be stupid and go charge everything. Get yourself on a big mess. I didn't say do that. But... Don't put everything off to the indefinite future. And above all, value your loved ones. Value them. Treat them as precious. Treat them as important. Don't judge them after the flesh. Look, you got flesh yourself. Look past the flesh. See them as God sees them. See the precious things in them. Amen? Say it out loud, Lord. Open my eyes. Help me to see all my loved ones. All my friends, through your eyes, help me to see them as you see them. Help me to see the value, the worth, the precious things in them that you see in Jesus' name. If a man sees his wife the way God sees her, he could never slap her around. A woman sees her husband the way God sees him. She could never berate him, humiliate him, run him down. Did you hear me? Friends see each other the way God sees them. You'd never be disloyal. Never be bitter and refuse to forgive. Life's too short to harbor grudges for years. Are you kidding we don't have that kind of time. We don't have any time to waste like that. It's so precious. Get it straight today. Get it right now. Have fun now. Enjoy life now. Do you know most people don't know how to enjoy life? They're just existing. They don't enjoy where they live. and They don't enjoy their job. and They don't enjoy the people they're around. And they don't enjoy their clothes. And they don't enjoy this. And it's always, you know, putting up and enduring. Always waiting for something else to come along. Become a connoisseur of life. 
Learn how to savor life. Learn how to shout over a good breath. That's great. Right? Learn how to enjoy. Amen. The blue sky. Amen. The white snow. Green grass. Blue water. Learn to enjoy the creation of God. Become an, an artist at enjoying life. Let God teach you. You'll never be a grump. I said you'll never be a grump. You'll always find something to be thankful for. You'll always be enjoying something. Even in the midst of dealing with troubles, you'll find something to enjoy. Hmm? Hallelujah. You still got 1 Corinthians? I've done preached myself into a place I don't know what to do next. (laughs) This is not as big of a digression as you might think. He said, what? Look at the scripture again, verse 19. Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Is your body valuable? Is your body precious? Is it okay to stand in front of the mirror and say, I hate my body. I hate my hair. I hate my face. I hate my hips. I I hate my legs. Is that okay? Did you make yourself? Now you might have added the extra pounds. (laughs) But you didn't create your body. So you're insulting the artist. Right? I said, you're insulting the artist. Your body is valuable. It's precious. Now, last week, we went into some detail. We we talked about different things that will enable us to reach our physical goals. The first of which we talked about grace and truth. And then we talked about vision and desire. If you haven't been here, you might want to get the tapes and catch up with us because it's all, it it builds one upon another. And now we're talking about, before all of this, now I think, we're talking about faith and patience. But now faith, you know, when you think, when you say faith, people just think spiritual and they don't realize. The Bible said faith without works is dead. So real faith has action. So another way of saying it is action and perseverance. Now last week we went into some detail about how in the natural realm, if you want to change your body, because we've been talking about everything from getting off drugs to not having affairs to losing 20 pounds to gaining some muscle, shaping yourself up, whatever. You ought to be able to achieve your physical goal. And we said that there are two Physical things that will change your body. Changes in your eating and changes in exercise. It is no more complicated than that. You make changes in either one of those areas and your body will change. Either one. Now, I'm not talking about you tried something for three hours. I'm talking about a change in your lifestyle. A change in the way you live. You make a change in the way you eat and your body will adapt to that. You make a change in the exercise of your body and your body will adapt to that. 
We said, you know, last week, our bodies, the body we have right now, the condition of it is a reflection of our lifestyle. The body I have right now, the body you have right now, shows you and the rest of the world your lifestyle. If you drink a case of beer every day, that will show up on your body. If you run five miles every day, every day, that will show up on your body. We People talk about, well, they have a gymnast's body. Well, they have a runner's body. Well, they have a swimmer's body. What does that mean? Through being a swimmer, week after week, month after month, their body adapted to that exercise, to that sport, right? Our bodies are fearfully and wonderfully made. They adapt. Well, what about a sitter's body? (laughs) There are many of those around, right? Like we said, your body, you know, is very intelligent. And it knows if you spend most of your time just sitting, it says, well, hey, they spend most of their time on their rear. Let's put lots of extra padding there so that they're comfortable. (laughs) And your body adjusts to that. If it's laying on the couch, if it's sitting in a chair. And because of technology, so many people have a um, an inactive, physically inactive lifestyle. It's even become a big problem with children. Because children used to run and jump and play. Now they sit and move their thumbs. For hours and hours. Then they put that up and sit and, and flick the channels. Then they stop that and sit and talk on the internet. Well, that is not exercising the physical body enough. How many of you ran and played when you were a child? I had no weight problem as a boy. I mean, I think I ate my weight two or three times a day. I thank God I got to grow up in the country. I lived in the city a little while, but my parents decided that the country was the better place to raise us boys and brought us back to Mississippi. And we had hundreds of acres that we could run and hoop and holler. I thought I was Tarzan. (laughs) I kid you not. I made me an outfit and everything. (laughs) I would swing from the vines. I had the call down perfect. I could probably do it right now. I kid you not. I found out though that those vines can break. Had some tough falls. But I mean, we ran, we played, you know, we fished, we camped out. And we weren't doing that. My folks were working us, man. I mean, we had fields, we had crops. No weight problem. Because everything we're eating, we're burning it. But with our inactive lifestyles today, if we don't want a bunch of excess fat and we want to feel better and have energy, then we must incorporate some changes in our eating and some changes with our exercise. It's not a dirty word. (laughs) Go to 1 Timothy, please. 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. And verse uh, 1. 
The Spirit speaks expressly that in the latter time some will depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. It is unscriptural to require people to be celibate for the ministry. It's right there. It's one reason there have been so many problems among those who do. Did you hear me? The apostles, many of them were married. The church leaders in the beginning of the church, most of them were married. Qualifications for a bishop and a pastor is a husband of one wife who has their children in good discipline and control. How does that apply if you're celibate? Just a thought. Some folk don't know if they like that or not. Well, you can't change the Bible to make you feel better. He said, and commanding to abstain from meats, and commanding to abstain from meats, beware of preaching against food. I said, beware of preaching against foods. And if God deals with you, leave something off, fine. Do what he leads you to do, but that doesn't mean you go on a campaign to preach and tell everybody else that they can't do this anymore, they can't eat this anymore. Commanding to, the word meats here means foods. Commanding to abstain from foods is, a, is doctrines of devils. Preach the gospel, tell the good news. Don't preach against food. He said, which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good, nothing to be refused, if it be received with what? Thanksgiving. It's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. And how many know you ought to pray and give thanks and sanctify what you eat? Because so much of it, you don't know where it came from or what it's really got in it. You, you just don't know. So much of what we get has been processed People say, well, I, I know it. That's why I'm afraid, you know, there's toxins and everything. Hey, you need to get delivered. There's also a scripture that says, if I eat any deadly thing, it will not hurt me. You got to eat something. Now, you can be selective, and that's all right, but don't be in fear. Well, there's toxins in the air, Brother Keith. I know it. There's enough toxins in this auditorium right now to kill everybody. There's enough toxins in the water you drink to kill everybody in here. Well, then how come we're still alive? (laughs) He gave us something called an immune system. Hallelujah. Amen. He's put things in us that help combat these things. Somebody says, yeah, but the the whole environment's getting more messed up. I believe my God is a big God and a good God. I don't purposely go out and poison myself. But if I'm taking in things that unbeknownst to me are harmful or whatever it is, God is able to sustain me all my life. And if I eat any deadly thing, it won't hurt me. Amen. And when I sit down and I give thanks for it, it is sanctified by the word of God and by that prayer. And if you do this right, you can receive healing every time you eat. Amen. You can. You can sit down. You can say, I call that stake into the ministry. (laughs) What do you mean? Well, the strength I get from this food, I'm going to use to serve God. So it is separated 
unto his service and use. Keep reading. Verse 5, it's sanctified by the word of God in prayer. If you put the brethren in remembrance of these things, you'll be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto you have attained. But refuse profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself rather unto godliness. Do what? Exercise. Exercise. It's a Bible word. I said, yeah, but it's not talking about physical. It certainly is in the very next verse. For bodily exercise profiteth nothing. Huh? See, people, uh, they almost read it that way, don't they? Is that what it said? No. Oh, you know, it doesn't amount to anything. No, it profits little. And really, my, my Bible has a marginal note. On the word little, and it says, for a little time. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. It's a comparative thing when he says it profits little. Little compared to what? Compared to exercising in the things of God. But let me just ask you this question. Is exercise profitable? What did this verse say? It says it profits for a little time. Let me me read you some other translations. One says, physical exercise has some value. But spiritual exercise is valuable in every way. The Amplified says, physical training is of some value, useful for a little, a little while. We just got through reading. But godliness, spiritual training, is useful and of value in everything, holding promise of the present life and the life which is to come. Physical exercise only benefits you while you're here. Right? But spiritual exercise benefits you now and later in every way. Is physical exercise profitable? The Bible says so. Is it beneficial? Yes, it is. And we ought to do some. Now, now's not the time to leave. (laughs) Stay with us just a little little while. Uh, Everything in this physical realm has to be exercised. Every machine has to be exercised or used and maintained. Have you found that out? Everything. What if you never run your car? You just let it sit there. What will happen if you just let it sit? I mean, it's one of the worst things you can do to a machine is just let it sit. Airplanes are so much so that way. I know of a guy, he put two new engines on his airplane, spent what? Hundred thousand dollars. This was a little small airplane, and uh, he let it sit too long. And they went to check it out, and had rust in the cylinders, and it wouldn't. And, and I mean, it what, didn't take it that long. And now they had to pull the engines and take them all apart and go through them. So people who have even every kind of airplane, they know it's even. They even use the word. I talked to a fellow the other day. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "I went up and exercised the airplane." That's what he said. What do you mean? Well, he didn't have to go anywhere, but it had been sitting there for a couple of weeks, and he knows, i got to get this thing fired up, get the oil hot. And there are certain levers that in normal operation, you never move them. 
But in an emergency, you want that gear to come down. And so what they do ever so often, they make it work. They, they call exercise it. They exercise that backup system and they move that cable. If you never move that cable, it'll get stiff. And when you need to pull it, it won't be there. Everybody say exercise. exercise. Your body's that way. I said your body's that way. Yes. Got to use it. Right? Yes. I can tell y'all are enthused over this. <laughs> there's, there's this phrase, you know, if you don't use it, you what? Lose it. Lose it. And there really is something to that. You got to use it. And you got to do something that heats the oil up. You can't just start the airplane and idle it. Because you do that, you just you get moisture in the oil. And sometimes you got more water in there than when you just started. You got to go ahead and, and um, airplanes, you, you crank them wide open when you take off. I mean, you just nail that thing. And I mean, it got, it's got to get hot. Got to get that oil hot to burn those, that moisture and contaminants out of there. Well, there's some, you know, you, you, uh, you lifting your knee up twice is not going to get your system hot. You got to do something that pushes you a little bit, right? Get you to huffing and puffing. Get the juices flowing. Come on now. <laughs> so now Brother Keith, you could have just left this alone. No, I can't. It's right here in the Bible. And your body is precious. And your body is valuable. And I want you around for a long time if the Lord tarries is coming. We have a right to have a long life. Amen. Well, then you can't be wore out at 60 and 70. Did you hear me? You can't be wore out. So we got to use these things. Right? Use those hips. Use that back. Warm it up. Stretch it out. Put the accelerator down once in a while. See, let's, let's, let's put our foot in this thing. See what it'll do. <laughs> and you may take about five steps and go, huh, 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 and find out what it'll do. <laughs> well, that's okay. Take it out again tomorrow. Right? Stretch it out a little bit. Push this thing. Get it heated up. Now, don't push it too much to begin with. That's foolish. But work your way up. So what should I do? What, what you like to do. Find what works for you. Did you hear me? And exercise yourself. And when you do, you're burning calories. They tell us that a person who does, you know, lifts weights and, and gain a little extra muscle on their body, you gain just a few ounces more muscle tissue. You burn more calories while you sleep. Than the same person, same size with less muscle mass. Now that's real incentive. How many like burning more calories while you're sitting in a chair? That sounds like a plan, doesn't it? But you're going to have to do some work at another time for that to happen. If you make changes in eating and you make changes in exercise, your body will change. Not might, it will change. Exercise is not a waste of time. Exercise is profitable. It is valuable. The Bible says so. Incorporate some. You know, I'm closing. But we talked a while back about vision and desire. You know, we said you're going to have to pay a price some way or another. Either pay the price, make yourself, you know, incorporate some exercise, make some changes in your eating. 
Or you'll pay the price in carrying the extra weight, high blood pressure, possibly diabetes, lost uh, energy, uh, not feeling good about yourself. I mean, you, you're going to pay on one end or the other. How many understand that feeling good is a big reward? Being able to slide in your new car that God just gave you and have six inches between you and the steering wheel. Feels good. Not having to open the door and throw your feet out and go. <sighs> dragging yourself out. Just walking up the grade in the, in the church back to the door and having to stop and go. <sighs> Somebody says, well, that's the way I am. Okay, but do you have to be that way? Has God chosen that for you? Somebody said, well, I got physical problems. We have a healer. Huh? Yeah, but I got this and I got that. Hey, hey, hey. All things are possible to him that believes. Somebody said, yeah, well, Brother Keith, I'm 75. Hey, that don't hold water. I've seen people who were 75 who had physiques that some 30-year-olds would envy. You might think that's a joke. I've seen it. It depends on how much work you're willing to put into it. Depends on how important it is to you. Depends on how much you value it. Now you don't want to get so obsessed that that's all you do think about. And your whole life is revolved around your your meals and your workouts. Well, that's being too physical minded. Did you hear me? But at the same time, you don't want to go for months and do nothing. And not think about it and take your body for granted either. There's a middle of the road for you and for me. And you can have what makes you happy, satisfies you, makes you feel good. I'm so pleased with Phyllis's results. We were in Dallas here last week, and she took off, went shopping. Of course, she's got a Phyllis account, you know. Come back with all these little small clothes. She's sporting them around for me. Man, you know, what's that worth for her to feel good? Be able to wear these new clothes. Not be limited in certain styles and ways because, you know, I, I remember we were talking, she was telling Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria. You mind me telling that or the, the TV thing? How many years ago was that? Five. At least five. We were invited to be guests on TBN with Brother Kenneth and Miss Gloria. It was at least five. Might have been six or seven years ago. And Phyllis uh, was at her heaviest point. Heavier than when we started the church by quite a bit. And, uh, and they had invited both of us to come. She said, well, I don't want to come. I don't want to be on TV. Millions of people to see me. I'm I'm fat. And I said, well, I said, you look good. Uh, come on. We want you, I want you to be there. They want you to be there. No. She cried half the afternoon. None of her clothes would fit. They were all too tight. We had to go out and buy a dress that was about three sizes bigger than she would normally even think about. And that made her feel worse. And then she had to get tuned up. And when the camera came around, <laughs> she had to smile. No matter what she felt like. It was a rough night for her. 
And I didn't enjoy it as much. But victory can be had. I said victory can be had. Now you, you, your size in the dress is how much further down from that? It'd be count, county sizes. It's like 10 different sizes down from where she was that night. 10 different dress sizes down. And I said, well, I don't, I don't care about all that. Great. We're not going to tell anybody what to do. We love you just as much if you was 300 pounds overweight or if you thought you were perfect. We're accepted in the beloved about because what Jesus has done. But my thing is, if you desire something else and you're not happy with where you are, I don't want you to believe the lie that you have to stay there. You can receive. You can reach the physical goal. Are you listening to me? All things are possible to him or her that believes. God will show you. He'll give you the plan that's right for you. It might seem small at first, but you can get it. And there's no time limit on this thing. You don't have to, you know, turn in results every week or uh, nothing. There's no time limit for it to be done this year. But if you're making progress, even if it's a little bit, you're making progress. It adds up. It accumulates. Next thing you know, you've got a different body. Can you say amen? Amen. amen? Everybody say this out loud. Father God, I ask you to strengthen me with strength by your Spirit in my inner man. Quicken me, enlighten the eyes of my heart and understanding. Help me to see what you see in myself, what I can be, what I can have, what I can do in you, the fullness of victory, the fullness of blessing that is mine, that belongs to me, that I have a right to. In you. you. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.